Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Steeler fans, and welcome to another Wednesday night here on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. Since it's Wednesday night, you know it's time to turn our focus to the Steelers' upcoming opponent, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Here with me, as always, is Shannon White. Shannon, how you doing? I'm very excited this evening. As you already know, and, and tell you what, I've been, had an opportunity to talk to him before the show and me and him, I got to say, we're best friends now. <laughs> I mean, I have, we're getting so close. I have drawn him from the dark side and he's going to become a black and gold fan. I can feel it. I can feel it. By the end of this show, he's going to, he's going to love the Steelers. Oh my gosh. All right. And here with us to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, Tavon Johnson, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Hey, it is it is great to have you. I want to start. You were talking about this before the show. This this game, this this rivalry, uh, the coaches involved, Tomlin and Harbaugh, I, are right up there. They're either I, I looked up the stat real quick. They're either first or second, depending. I don't I don't know if they've actually hit first yet, but they're really close to closing in on the most games played between two head coaches all time. Mm-hmm. How like how did how does that feel for a Ravens fan? Like, how do you, how you just know when, like, every year Tomlin and Harbaugh, like, Steeler fans are more used to that, I guess, because we we were used to the having coaches forever. But how how important is that coaching matchup in defining this rivalry? To me, it's um, it's, it's it's everything. You know what I mean? Just from standpoint that um, uh, you think about what what breeds longevity, uh, success, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so for years, the Steelers have been successful. For years, the Ravens have been successful. Um, I think the Steelers maybe got, I could be wrong, but is it is it two or three Super Bowls since 2000? Is it two? Just a two. two. We Just were in the third, two. but we, we, we lost the one. I mean, but in, in you, and in, in right across, right across um, from you, um, your closest rival, the Ravens, since 2000, we've got two championships. Yep. And it don't get any better than that. And and here we go, duking it out again. Um, I, I got to say, I, I, as a, a Ravens fan, I, I kind of root for the Steelers from a, from a, um, 
from across the um, you know, the fandom, I kind of root for the Steelers. I mean, I root for you guys to be good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hate kicking you around for the next few years while you get yourselves together. But um, I can't wait for you guys to be good again uh, because nothing. Nothing was more, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, tumultuous than to look across the field and and know that Big Ben was going to dance around the pocket and just as Suggs or not to get close to sacking them, he was going to find AB, you know, 40 yards down the field, you know, or uh, Hines Ward, you know. Mm-hmm. This has been a tremendous rivalry, and um, it starts with the head coaches. Um, Baltimore, we got a little hate uh, ever since uh, Tomlinson, uh, Tomlin. Uh, act like he didn't realize he was in the field to play when Jacoby <laughs> Jones was about to <laughs> return a touchdown, and he's like, "Oh, let me get out of the way." You uh, so you know, we, we got a little hate for Tomlin behind that, and, and you'll never you'll never convince anybody from Baltimore that he wasn't doing that on purpose. I, I don't think I don't think you have to convince anyone from the Steelers fandom. Like the, we we don't buy it either. I, what are we talking about here, Gus? That's being a competitor. <laughs> I mean, he said that his players weren't going to be able to do the job, and he was just going to, you know, just kick that leg out there just a little bit. You know, I mean, if a guy stumbles, you know, that's not his <laughs> fault. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're going after each other's coaches right off the bat. You know, and I asked you before the show started, what was it like? Did you really believe? Or accept that Harbaugh's the biggest whiner ever as a head coach in the NFL. And, you know, so we have Tomlin, who's the ultimate competitor, who Mm -hmm. would make a tackle. Bill Kyer almost did the same thing one time. Uh, These guys are competitors where where Harbaugh, you know, he likes to whine a lot (laughs) on the sideline. No, you know, that's just part of the rivalry. You know, you all have dislike for, for Tomlin and Ben and, we, we have the same feelings towards a lot of the Ravens players. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Harbaugh, you have to give the guy credit. He was getting ready to, you know, he was already having to get rid of some assistants, and there was a good chance he wasn't going to survive the transition from Joe Flacco mm-hmm. to, you know, deteriorate. And to make Lamar Jackson successful, everybody knew when they drafted him, they had to totally build the offense around him. And Harbaugh did it. He threw all of his eggs in one basket and said, we're going all in, and it's worked. And they, you know, Lamar has just been an incredible talent. Uh, So, you know, he did have the foresight, you know, to be able to realistically look at the situation and say, you know, I either make this move or I'm gone, and it'll be the next coach that's going to take advantage of Lamar's talents. Um, That being said, Lamar Jackson has had some years now to develop. Mm-hmm. And I think we all agree that his weakness is developed as a pocket passer. Uh, it, not accuracy so much as it is um, anticipation and touch and, and reading defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen this year? Have you seen anything that makes you believe that he is improving? Because they have that huge contract they got to make a decision on. 
Do you, do, do you think at this point that they're going to sign him to that extension? Or do you think that they're not going to? Well, I think they'd be a fool not to. And I think ultimately they will. And um, if if I'm being uh, 100% honest, I haven't seen any improvement um, uh, from Lamar in the standpoint of uh, the passing game. But at the same time, I don't put that on Lamar. If anything, I think he's a victim of his own success in the running game. They uh, 2019, they set the uh, rushing record in the uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Greg Roman is really the offensive coordinators was holding Lamar back. I feel like we'll never know exactly how good Lamar can be in a pro style offense until they put him in one. And that's, that, that, that starts with us transitioning away from the, the this, uh, um, Naval Academy run style offense and like you know it's it's good when it works but mm. I don't think you can be successful in the uh, playoffs if you can't pass the ball um we've 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 learned uh the past two or three years that you know we can get to the playoffs with this uh type of offense but it's one and done you know mm-hmm. so I don't think it's on Lamar to improve the passing game. I think it's it's schematically it's up to the coaches to transition away from, I mean, because we can beat bad football. We can bludgeon bad football teams with this running attack week in and week out. But in the playoffs, you know, ultimately they scheme, they scheme the run game away from us. And so to your point, no, I haven't seen any improvement from Lamar, but I don't put that on Lamar. I put that on the coaching staff. Yeah, you have to ask the question, like, what? who's the best wide receiver? Go, go away from Mark Andrews. Who's the best wide receiver Lamar Jackson's had? <laughs> and, man, like, as a Steeler fan, like, we've had good but not great receivers recently. I, I wouldn't take any of the Ravens' wide receivers, like, I, and be like, oh, that's that guy's going to start here. I, they just – nothing. They put nothing into the position. They've given him no receivers, and they're like, why can't Lamar Jackson throw to wide receivers? Like, because he ain't right. got none. <laughs> I mean, we, we haven't proven to be able to um, draft wide receivers. Um, Hollywood Brown, I think I think he was pretty good, but um, ultimately he didn't want to be here. Um, Bateman, um, I think he has potential, but he's been hurt every year since we drafted him. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, our best receivers come from uh, free agency. You know, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, uh, Derek Mason. Um, but yeah, we uh, for whatever reason, it seems to be a, a strength in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I mean, you guys find receivers anywhere. Um, we we that, that's kind of been a blind spot for us. I mean, we find uh, linebackers, you know, but you know that's that's kind of a strength for the Steelers as well. But for whatever reason, since the inception of the Ravens in 1996, we have not been able to draft a wide receiver. Uh, Torrey Smith was probably the best wide receiver we drafted, and he was in the second round. So, Well, I appreciate that kind words you said about the Steelers and linebackers. Uh, edge, outside linebackers, yes. Inside <laughs> linebackers, they have lost that ability for quite some time now. Uh, hopefully that will change in the near future. But, um, you know, when you're talking about receivers, it's hard to get even free agent wide receivers 
and ask them to come and play in that run heavy offense. Right. Because you know, the guys want the numbers. I mean, they want to, they want to be used. And so many times you'll see, you know, three quarters of the game, the, the, the Ravens receivers are just blocking mm-hmm. and it's hard to get, it's going to be hard to get a top guy to play in that offense. Um, so I think there's, you know, they're trying to find receivers with the right mentality. I think one reason they like Bateman, one reason they took Boykins when they did, mm-hmm. you know, again, because he likes to block and he's a physical, he's a bigger guy. Um, but as you say, there, there needs to be a merging of both styles, a more modern offense with that. And, you know, then I think you, you'll see the, the growth that they're wanting to see out of Jackson. But it's just the way these contracts are for these quarterbacks now, they're so astronomical. You pay these guys that amount of money, and then you look at Denver with Russell Wilson, you look at the Browns with Deshaun uh, Watson, you look at so many of these guys. If they don't pan out, you're screwed. Yeah. Because it's guaranteed money now. And so I understand the Ravens being hesitant. Uh, and, you know, I think they wanted to see more of it, the injury. Uh, speaking of the injury, mm-hmm. uh, any inside information are we going to see? We kind of talked before the show. Why would you play him when you're already in the playoffs? The more opportunity, he needs his legs, obviously. Right. The more opportunity as the heel, the better. So are you kind of expecting him to sit out this week? Um, yeah, personally, I'm expecting him to sit out. Um, I think um, with all due respect, and I'm saying, and I say with all due respect, I don't think we need him to beat Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting them to sit out. Uh, possibly um, we're looking at um, week 18 against Cincinnati Bengals and possibly the division uh, championship. So um, after we get past Pittsburgh this week, maybe Lamar play. If we lose this week, yeah, you won't see him to the playoffs. Okay. I I, I want to follow that up because I, I, I brought this up to you before, but the Steelers, since, since the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, they've played the Steelers nine times. This will be game number 10. Right. Lamar Jackson has played three times. In those 10 games. And we, we've talked before about this because this is the thing that I, I just think it's crazy how it always lines up. Like Lamar Jackson can play 14 games of a season. If he's going to miss two, it's going to be Pittsburgh and probably the other game against Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, but but he obviously they didn't start him till after the second Steelers game, his rookie season. They they I think that was intentional. <laughs> uh, they, they wait until after that. and They're like, now you can play. Uh, and then since then, he's. In the next three years, he only played one game each year. And now this year, he might not play at all. Right. And if Lamar Jackson doesn't play and Tyler Huntley starts, Tyler Huntley will have as many starts for the Ravens against the Steelers as Lamar Jackson. Now, I already said this. I don't believe this is Lamar Jackson pretending he's hurt, missing multiple weeks of games. So that, and, and, you know, risking you know, some some harder negotiations for his huge contract coming up mm-hmm. so that he doesn't have to play the Steelers. Uh, but it's to me, it more, it more starts like, this was such a great rivalry. And it's really hard to keep that going when we're facing all of the backup quarterbacks in the world. Like, we don't get to see your starter. Like, the, obviously, we all loved the game Charlie Batch came in and, and barely beat the Ravens. That one time, like we Steeler fans, we love that game. Uh, but 
that's not the rivalry. The rivalry isn't Charlie Batch that one time. The rivalry was Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, throwing Terrell Suggs to the ground and Terrell Suggs getting him on a later play. Like that was the rivalry. And the Steelers don't get to see Lamar Jackson. Like how do, how does this, how does that affect the rivalry when, when you know, that the Ravens, like you're, you're sitting there looking at the Steelers games and, and Lamar's not playing. If the Ravens lose, you're like, man, that, that game, like, does that even count towards the rivalry? Right? Like, how does that affect how this rivalry exists now in, in, in fans' minds, especially for the Ravens? Well, I mean, the way I see it, um, it's, I mean, it's Pittsburgh Steelers no matter what, you know, no matter who's playing, it's Pittsburgh Steelers, Ravens. Um, because even the first game, I kind of felt like, um, the rivalry was missing something because leading up to the game, we wasn't sure if TJ Watt was going to play and he played, but we know TJ Watt and that wasn't TJ Watt in that game. You know what I'm saying? The last time when the Steelers beat Raven, beat the Ravens, um, last year, cause they beat us twice last year. Um, but the last time it was TJ Watt versus Lamar Jackson at the end of the game, TJ Watt made the play that won the game on defense. That's still as Ravens when your playmakers are making the plays that win and lose games. And so in, in that situation, TJ Watt made the play. Um, uh, he got in the passing lane and Lamar overthrew Mark Andrews and they didn't get to play in the Steelers win. That's still as Ravens. But, you know, Regardless whether your playmakers are in there or not, it's still the Ravens. We got a track record. We got a history that, like, you know what? Regardless of whether your stars there or not, Steelers is in their DNA. Ravens is in their DNA. And, like, even if you if it's your third string, your second string, it's going to be Steelers Ravens. So Lamar may not have been in all the games, but it's still, still as Ravens. And no matter what, you got to like throw everything out the window because even if it's, like you said, Charlie Batch, Tyler Huntley, or even out third straight, if it's Mitchell Trubisky out there against Anthony Brown, it's still going to be still as Ravens. So uh, I I get your point. You know, you want to see Lamar out there. I want to see TJ White out there. I want to see him out there healthy. I mean, I mean, these guys are gladiators. I want to see them go to war. So, you know, like you were saying, there is no rivalry in the NFL like the Steelers and the Ravens, None. because both teams hate each other and fan bases, but we have the utmost respect for each other. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, I, I, I want to see that in the comments. I want to see it everywhere because that's who we are. Uh, you know, champions respect. Game recognizes game, mm-hmm. and you have that respect. You know, Cleveland and Cincinnati are developing a little rivalry, but they're not rivals with the Steelers and the Ravens yet. The Bengals are, are really good, don't get me wrong. Getting close. But it takes, you know, it takes years, and it's harder to develop that now because of free agency, and you don't have the familiarity. You'll have guys like the Steelers got Boykins now. I mean, you have guys, you know, used to – I've ever years ago – that uh, the Oilers had a wide receiver that was with free agency first, first happened. And he was like, well, the Steelers are interested in signing you. And he's like, I'll never go there. <laughs> you know I mean? Cause that back then, I mean, they hated each other, 
but they mm-hmm. also respect each other because they had battles. They went to war. When the Steelers and Ravens play, that you know, it's the walking wounded. Mm-hmm. Usually, the both teams struggle the next game because they're missing so many guys. Because guys get hurt because it's such a physical game, and you have all these guys who play in the game for the first time, and they're like, "Well, Miles Jacks, you know, he played the Ravens game, and he was like, I'd heard about it, you know, everybody talked about it, but until I experienced it, I had no clue." So yeah. that's why I was so disappointed when Kenny Pickett didn't get to play and he got hurt yeah. early. Yeah. Because win, lose, or draw, that experience is something to draw from. And now he's going to have to do it going in to Charm City and playing on the road. I'd rather he experience it at home because now it's going to be doubly as bad. But um, I want to know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he, he had a really big game against the Swords last time, but he was hobbling. Yeah. I mean, he was on that long run, he got ran down mm-hmm. because he was hobbling. Uh, is he has he looked any better in the last few games since then? I mean, is he is his legs getting stronger, or or is he just something he's going to deal with all year? So I, I think it's probably something he's going to deal with um, all year, um, depending on how far how deep a run playoff run they make. But um, he he did an interview today where he said um, uh, it's it's not his short area quickness that's the mm-hmm. problem. He said, you know, he he feel like he's there, but it's like when he uh, um, accelerates, uh, like that play you're talking about, he said that's where he's having the issues and that's what he's working on, but even that's getting better. Um, I noticed the last two, the last of the last three games, he had like 120 yards rushing on 15 carries, two games in a row. And then the third game, um, he had like 59 yards by the half and they tapered off on, on him and went more with Gus Edwards. And Gus, Gus Edwards had like 99 yards. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think they really starting to heat up that one-two thunder and lightning uh, combo for the playoffs. So um, I think he's – I don't know if he'll be 100%, but I think between the both of those guys and really getting heated up, getting lathered up, it's going to be probably um, a problem for other teams in the playoffs if they can do enough with the passing game to make people respect it. But you get, you guys get a front row seat this weekend. <laughs> we we have to say, you know, Gus Edwards stole Jerome's nickname. Mm. Jerome is the bus. And now we hear about Gus the bus, Gus the bus. And Gus is a good player, but he needs to <laughs> – he doesn't need to try to steal somebody's nickname. Oh. <laughs> uh. uh. You know what? I think he, I think he's been Gus the bus since um, high school. So I think uh, I think he, he's probably he's probably by now he's kind of like earned it. Um, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, besides Gus the bus, probably Gus, uh, but uh, Jerome Bettis probably old enough to be that guy's dad anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ravens right now are the third best scoring defense in the Mm -hmm. NFL. And they've had a lot of injuries. They've had some issues. They've had a lot of question marks put on them. Uh, Where are they right now? And, and uh, how, how do you attack this current Ravens defense? Well, a lot of zone coverage. Um, um, You pretty much can do pretty much. I mean, you guys saw, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, 
up and down in, in up and down the field in between the um the twenties. So you still can get off um in the passing game, but um the running game, I mean, I don't know if if if, if, if um a lot of people noticed, but you know, we did get um what's his name? Roquan Smith at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we saw a lot of him last time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, teams have been seeing a lot of him week. I mean, this guy's like 15, 16 tackles a week. And um, he's kind of like um, turned on the light for um, our first round pick, Patrick Queen. You know, if Patrick Queen is Roquan, we don't we don't draft Roquan Smith. We don't trade for Roquan Smith if Patrick Queen is who we drafted him to be. But he has like kind of unlocked the Da Vinci code for Patrick Queen because uh, Patrick Queen was a guy that I don't even think the Ravens were even thinking about picking up his fifth-year option up until his recent play alongside Roquan Smith. This guy's been like, you know, Pro Bowl level. And, you know, Roquan Smith has raised uh, all ships. You know what I'm saying? He's, He's made the secondary better. So you may move the ball as much as you want from 20 to 20, but you're not going to get into the end zone. And I think we've, I think right right now in the past four games, the uh, Ravens have been holding teams like under 13 points. Yeah. So right now, the defense, that's kind of why I um, expected the Ravens to blow the Steelers out last game, just because um, I wasn't really sure what Kenny Pickett was going to be and um, the way the Ravens defense was playing. I mean, the defense is playing phenomenal right now. Uh, if if we could just manage to score more than thirteen points, um, we probably we probably don't lose uh, some of the close games that we lost. Um, so if the offense can can um, you know pick up their end of the bargain, the defense is uh, rocking and rolling right now. Yeah, I interject real quickly. Since that Jaguars fluke game, that game was weird. Uh, yeah. But since that game. The 14 points the Steelers scored against the Ravens is the most that defense has allowed. Like nine and nine and 13 and 14 to the Steelers. Like that's that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, they, I mean they they're looking really sharp right now. And and I I, I I can only say Roquan Smith. That's all I can say because you know. He, you guys saw what what was happening to us. How we were losing games where we had double di- double digit leads in the fourth quarter, just mm-hmm. you know giving games up against. Uh, we had Buffalo. We could have beat Buffalo. We had uh, Miami. We should have beat Miami. We had the Giants. We let the Giants come back and beat us. Like we got we, like we've lost to some bad football teams. The Steelers not being one of them, but we've <laughs> lost some bad football teams this year. <laughs> Should have been. So, we should have. I mean, all you got to do is kick a field goal on that freaking game, and the Steelers win it. But we couldn't. I mean, oh. Mitchell Trubisky, that game, good grief! I mean, was, was it three interceptions he threw? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my God. You know, it's it's funny um, watching the the Ravens, as you say, since they got Roquan Smith. A lot of Steelers fans, including myself, was really wanting when they Steelers were trying to trade Chase Claypool. And we knew the Smith wanted out of Chicago. You know, it's like, hey, man, it just makes sense. And there's mm-hmm. even been some rumors that that was a possibility. And I guess that, you know, the Steelers went with Claypool 
uh, for the second round pick, which, you know, looks good at this moment right now mm-hmm. with the Bears losing six straight. But uh, he, I've been begging for a guy like Roquan Smith. Um, Steelers are known for aggressive, attacking inside linebackers, physical inside linebackers. And they haven't had one since Vince Williams. And even the last couple they've had have been athletically limited if they had that mentality. He would have been perfect. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens were very astute in getting him, obviously. Um, the the rumor coming out of from practice this week is Deontay Johnson said that they've really been working on beating zone coverage mm-hmm. because they are not expecting the Ravens to do much man because, you know, Johnson and Pickens uh, were pretty effective against the Ravens when they tried to match up. And man, so a lot of people are expecting them to uh, go, as you say, a lot of zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ravens' defense is very aggressive at times, and they mix that up. But they they'll bring the house sometimes and really put the pressure on the quarterback uh, or the running game because they run blitz as well. My biggest complaint when the the Ravens beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh was when the young quarterback had to come in. Uh, you know, undrafted rookie, never took a snap in the NFL. He he comes in late in the third, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers stayed in the same defense that the Ravens have been cramming the ball down their throat, running the ball the whole game. And I thought for sure, you know, make that young guy beat you. Run blitz, crowd the line, take that away. Uh, and they have the talent to do that and make him beat you. If he beats you over the top, Hey, hats off to him. They earned it. The Steelers didn't do that, and I don't think it was earned. I think it was uh, because they played it to their fears, the Steelers coaching staff, and because they made too many mistakes, namely Trubisky. Um, This week, you know, obviously we should predict a low-scoring game uh, based on, you know, recent events, uh, not only between these teams, but the Ravens holding so many teams under 14 points. Um, do you, how do you feel about the young Hamilton, the rookie safety? Um, what, what has been your impressions? Has he lived up to the first round billing? Uh, uh you're going to get me in trouble with the Ravens because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh, I'm not a fan. Um, I think, uh, he was overdrafted. Um, he's, Honestly, he he shouldn't be on the field. To be perfectly honest, he shouldn't be on the field. Um, when um, Marcus Williams got hurt, uh, uh, Geno uh, uh, Stone played safety, which Kyle Hamilton should have been playing in that spot. But you know he's 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 been struggling. Like in cut, like the first three games they tried to play him, he he got burnt. He get burnt every week. They keep trying to play him in the slot. And um, I think I think Deontay Johnson burnt them a few times in the slot um, uh, against the um, Jaguars. They they put because uh, he's 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 a safety. He's not a, he's not a slot corner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cincinnati Hayden Hurst tight end. He burnt them. He's he to me he's a liability. They try to hide him. They try to disguise it. They try to cover it up. But um, 
He doesn't belong on the field. If you look out there and you see a wide receiver on him, he's about to get burnt. Um, he's good uh, off the edge. They use him to blitz some, mm-hmm. and uh, he's good. He's you know he's he's for whatever reason you know he showed the knack to get to the blitz. And he's got some he got some um, better rush moves than some of our edge defenders. You know he's got the ability to get skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got, uh, I don't know, I feel like I want to say he's got like three or four sacks on the season, but he's a liability and coverage. And every time I see him out there, I get, I mean, you know, we, we're fans. Every time I see him out mm-hmm. there, I get frustrated. Cause I'm like, you know, here's a first down, you know, on a big plate, we, we <laughs> need him and they got him. If I, if I see him out there doing anything other than run blitzing or blitzing the quarterback, I'm nervous because he's a, he's a, um, He's a liability in man coverage, and he's a liability in the zone coverage. So, do you I, think it's more usage, experience, or a combination? I think it's I think it's a combination because they've been trying to use them in a variety of, of um, different schemes and packages, and he just he, to me it seems like it's too big for him. Um, in the beginning, they were saying it was communication issues. Um, you know, you would see a couple veterans like, you know, you know, I don't want to say fussing at them, but, you know, kind of saying, hey, you know, you're in the wrong position. You're supposed to have have the uh, flat or you're supposed to have middle third. And, you know, he's just out of position. Uh, so and it's, it's like I said, it's not for lack of use. They, they get them on the field. I just don't think. um I, don't, I just don't think it's clicked for him yet, um, scheme wise. But you know, maybe this off season um, they'll find. But I, I don't know. We got we got uh, safeties better than that's playing better than he is. But because of where he was drafted, yeah. he's going to be on the field. <laughs> but yeah, if like I said, if you see him on a third and short, <laughs> and Deontay Johnson lined up against him, first down. oh all right Tavon thanks for coming on our show it's been great having you here before we get you out of here we want to get a score prediction for the game coming up what what do you have I want to say uh 16-9 Ravens 16-9 Ravens all right all right man thank you so much for coming on uh we're gonna take a short (laughs) break here get a little commercial in uh, stick with us. We'll be right back after this. And Shannon White and I will talk about this game from the Steelers side. All right. Be back in just a minute. All right, Tavon, man. Thanks for being on. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is thanks, fun. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Take care, guys. Right, See, See you. Man. Three, two, one. Welcome back. We're here. I'm here with Shannon White. We're here to talk about this game from the Steelers' side. Uh, I think we got some interesting stuff there from Tavon. Especially, I, I had to look it up. He was saying Kyle Hamilton got beat pretty bad in that game. The, they credited him for five targets against him, five catches, 50 yards, including the touchdown that the Steelers oh. threw. So, yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers did pretty good against him. 147.9 quarterback rating with for Mitchell Trubisky going after him. So that is definitely something to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, you know, I was going to say great memory, Tavon. 
but it sounds like it's happened enough now that you know how <laughs> we know oh god splains on somebody you know he, he, yeah. we 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 can relate and we can sympathize because we've all been there you're like well there's the first day i'm coming i mean you yep. know you can just see it mm-hmm. um it's strange that so many times it seems like the coaches can't but uh yeah i, I wanted to to see i had to ask Tavon about you know we didn't really delve into it but this game could be very similar to last game. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have the same quarterback. Hopefully Pickett will be able to play the whole game. Uh, so will the Steelers do what is necessary? I mean, you watch the Steelers against the Panthers. You watch the Steelers uh, defense against uh, the Raiders. And, you know, Hayward played like a man possessed. Mm-hmm. A core four is just blowing up, and not a core four. Uh, Okeechobee is blowing mm-hmm. up people left and right. Uh, they just controlled the line of scrimmage all night long against the Ravens, who Ravens have a better offensive line. They got manhandled. They got pushed around. Um, some of the success is dependent on matchups, and you know Hayward can only do so much. Okeechobee can only do so much. Will the Steelers use the same approach or will they make, you can't take away everything, but if you can slow down the running game and make him beat you in there, I just heard that the Steelers are leading the NFL in interceptions. I did not realize that. Uh, I've thought of a lot of interceptions they've dropped, you know, that they haven't been able to come down with. Uh, I know they've had some interceptions, but somebody told me that I have not looked it up. But I know they have had more interceptions this year than they've had in a while. Um, and I would just like, if the ball's in the air, there's chances they can be tipped at the line. You can get a turnover, an interception. But if they can just hand the ball off and cram it down to Stewart's throat all night long like they did last last time they played them, uh, wouldn't you say that falls on coaching? I mean, the best coaches will take a, try to take away what you do best and make you beat, make them beat you with their secondary talent, whatever that may yeah. be. And if they can do that, hats off to them. But I, I don't want to see a repeat of last game. Well, yeah, I think I think they came into that game planning the same as if they were facing Lamar Jackson, which was always. Against Lamar Jackson, the Steelers have always said, we're going to take away Lamar. If you're going to beat us, it's going to be with your running backs. And you remember with, with Ben Roethlisberger's last year, Gus Edwards run for like something like 150 yards, but the Steelers won the game. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson never got going. And I, I think their problem was you didn't have Ben back there to save uh-huh. you. You're going to have to actually deal with the run game. You can't let them dominate you that and then go on offense, have, have Mitch Trubisky throw three picks. And, and, you know, do all that. Uh, I did look it up. You are correct. They are, that is absolutely correct. Steelers are number one. They have 17 interceptions, uh, which is number one in the NFL right now. Uh, so whoever you heard that from, they were right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about the adaptation here because I'm glad you brought that up because it stood out to me when we played the Ravens last time. Uh, I do the snap count article every week. The Steelers cornerback snaps were way down 
way down. Like, like there was just like you expect at least two cornerbacks per play, right? That's just standard. Uh, and they didn't have that. You could go, you could add it all up and factor in who played nickel, who played dime, all that stuff, and it didn't add up. There was a bunch of snaps. They simply did not have a corner, have two cornerbacks on the field. And looking at the plays, uh, the Steelers brought out for that game. Now, remember, we played the Atlanta Falcons the week before that, who love heavy sets, love double running back, double tight end, love all that stuff. We didn't break it out against the Falcons. Against the Ravens, we brought out a 4-4 set with Terrell Edmonds playing cornerback. Right? It was it, the, the three corners were Cam Sutton, Terrell Edmonds were the two corners, and then – you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is the alone safety out there. And the Steelers did that quite a bit. They did that against the Raiders a bit, and they did it against the Panthers quite a lot. Had tons of success against the Panthers. It worked great against the Raiders. It did not work against the Baltimore Ravens. It did not work against them. I don't know if that's a problem of, you know, who was playing hurt, who wasn't. Uh, one of the things that game showed, like, I, I don't know if you remember that Alex Highsmith in that game was was clearly limping mm-hmm. uh, at times. And and they, they had success running at him. No one's running at Alex Highsmith since then and having success. But that game, they could. So so I, I am very interested, to your point, if this happens again, do we start blaming the coaches? I'm very interested to watch that because the last game I was watching and I'm like, oh, man. Cameron Hayward's losing. They're like they ran right at Hayward and, mm-hmm. and Highsmith. Mm-hmm. There are plays they just ran straight at them. I'm like, nobody does that. No, you don't run at Hayward and Highsmith because you're going to lose. But they did, and they didn't lose. Teams after them, they tried running to the left side of the Steelers. It mm-hmm. didn't work so well. Uh, I, I'm going to spoil my article release, but uh, Dave Schofield and I are doing a vertex on Cameron Hayward. There's multiple plays showing why you don't run to the left. For the Raiders in that game, Cameron Hayward just wrecks your play. He's going to find mm-hmm. a way to wreck your play. Linebackers are in your backfield because you can't block Cam Hayward. Uh, but that game they did. So I'm very interested to see if that is on the Baltimore side, if that is just Baltimore out-executing and having a game plan that works against the Steelers, mm-hmm. or if that was players being hurt for the Steelers that just couldn't cut it. But, man, like nail it on the head, Shannon. That is that is the question for this game for me. That is the number one thing. I want to watch is how do the Steelers defend the Ravens run game? I think looking back, if I remember, I counted three times that the Steelers run blitzed in that first Ravens game. Uh, and it was effective. They filled lanes and, 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 you know, shut down the run on those times. They did not do it enough. And I, and I don't know if they were that fearful. Um, hey, Mark Thomas, he's great. I mean, that, that Andrews, I mean, Mark Andrews, he's yeah. a great tight end. Yep. But you have Edmonds. I would put his butt on him. Uh, and, you know, hey, you live with it, you die with it. But, you know, uh, I I do not fear Huntley or Jackson, even if he's playing, throwing the ball as much as I fear them running the ball down the Steelers' throat. And I just think if the Steelers do try this time to aggressively, you know, uh, be more aggressive in the run defense, whether it's blitzing or, or their fronts or whatever they have to do to change up. Uh, if Hayward gets nominated again and, and gets controlled, which hardly anybody is able to do that with him. Uh, if they try that, 
and they still lose, then I'm not blaming the coaches anymore. But if they come yeah. out and they do that same thing they did last week, whether it's four or four or what, it's how you use that back four that I was frustrated with. Um, yeah. I, you know, you know how I feel about Bush. Uh, Jax is dealing with injuries, but he's in decline. Bush is just not aggressive enough. There's too many times that he never gets a lick on the, the ball carrier. If you mm-hmm. watch the, the seven snaps that Mark Robinson, the dude's raw as heck. He, you know, I don't even know if he knows what he's doing, but he knows there goes the ball. I'm going that direction. And the guy was being tackled, going to the ground, and he's coming in and landing on the pile, hitting him. You know what can happen in those situations? You knock the ball out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you 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 shake the guy up a little bit. You 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 at least let him know he's been hit. Um, physicality over the course of a game has pays benefits. It wears down running backs. It wears down ball carriers. Um, standing and watching and then saying, okay, well, it never made it to me because I was back here waiting and, and the play never got to me. That just is not a Steelers linebacker, in my opinion. And uh, I've, I've said before, I hope that they have Mark Robinson at least active, you know, this week addressed because I think in the, in a rotation against the Ravens and then the Browns afterwards, uh, you have somebody who will come in there and at least maybe set a tone. A big hit. We remember when Spillane was a, a backup, mm-hmm. and he put that big shot on Henry, and it Changed like the whole, energized the whole defense. Changed that whole game. Yep. Yeah. Um, I tried to think back. I don't remember Bush doing that. Uh, Bush is a different type of linebacker, but he's not as the his pluses don't outweigh his minuses. Therein lies the problem, and it's been that way since the injury. Uh, so I think the Steelers will inevitably move on. I think they need to, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they'll do. But um, yeah, that's my whole thing. Is it's like you said, Cam Hayward is a is a beast. He played a game, uh, a oh, legacy yeah. defining game Saturday night oh, uh, on Christmas easy. Eve on the biggest yep. stage with the highest pressure. Um, you know, and and I wrote about that in my stock report. Um, he he gets it. Uh, but, you know, even Hayward, if he's going up against a really good offensive line that the Ravens have, and, and they're going to double him, he'll tie up double teams a lot. But who's going to be the guy to clean up? And that's when you need a physical inside linebacker. And I and at times the stores don't have that. Well, I'll tell you, the Mark Robinson played his seven snaps against uh, Carolina, which you're, which you're talking about mm-hmm. there. Uh but that game is the only game he's played in since yes, then. Yes. And they used him specifically uh, in their 4-4 set. They used him as a linebacker instead of Devin Bush. But Miles Jack coming back, I, I don't I don't see that happening. They they played him there when Miles Jack was out. Miles Jack is now back. I, I don't I don't see it happening, but I would like to. I you've got to think a lot of the Ravens run plays are based on uh it, it's, it's the veer concept the mm-hmm. old deal triple option right we got one up the middle and one outside and we're reading your edge right we're reading and no and it's almost always tj watt they're almost always reading tj watt so that they don't have to block it and if you can say we don't have to block tj watt i mean okay that's a good move <laughs> if it works for you it's a good move and it has in the past because lamar jack they got quarterbacks fast enough that tj can't play both 
Uh, when he has been able to play both, it's just it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have the middle. They have the outside. If you're running like your 4-4 set there, right, if they're bringing in their heavier personnel package, you've got to be able to, to have a way that Mark Robinson is only responsible for the middle option, right? Mm-hmm. And you just say, dude, tee off. You see that? Yeah. Whoever's yeah. coming up the middle, wherever that blocking's mm-hmm. going, just run in there and jam that hole. And he'll do it. Uh-huh. He showed that man that in that game when he did play every single play, he's just looking for someone to hit. Uh-huh. Like that's all he's doing. He's looking for anyone like running there. He took on an offensive lineman. They like, it was a weird angle and he's just going and hitting the dude. Anyways, he doesn't care. <laughs> Young guy out there. He just wants to hit somebody. And I love it. And I really think they could use him. I don't think they will. I, I can tell you, like you said, he doesn't always know what he's doing. Yeah. He's great against the run uh, in pass coverage. Like he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. He really uh-huh. doesn't. Um, so I, oh, I'd love to see it though. I would love to see it, Shan. I'd love to see Mark Robinson out there doing that, doing his thing against the Ravens. That'd be great. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not worried about the, you know, if there's ever a time to use him, you know, I wasn't worried about Sam right Darnold. Right yeah. You know, but <laughs> Sam Darnold had a, had a game because he was set up to have a good game. Because they yeah. were going to stop the run. That yeah. was their focus. Uh, let him have a good game, but he didn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing this week. Use him. Uh, there's the benefits are there experience-wise, getting part of the rotation. And against heavy run teams, like they're getting ready to face two weeks in a row, you can actually get benefit. Even though he's raw, he's physical. And he, he you know, he's like a puppy. You know, chasing a, a a ball. I mean, he's just flying around. He'll hit his own guy. He'll hit the other team, but he's going to hit somebody. And and I think that it's it's a tone setter. And and when you're playing two teams as physical as these games are between the Ravens and the Steelers, you need a tone setter. Um, I was really excited when we got Miles Jacks, uh, but people I knew, uh, Jaguars fans said. Dude, man, the guy's his he's not the same anymore. And I said, Well, come to Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. career revival. You know, he's what they need, a more physical guy to play alongside next to Bush. And then they started talking in, in camp about Bush being the buck and you know, Jack's being the Mac. And I'm like, What? You know, because I can't the word Bush and Mac don't go in the same sentence. Um but, but again, I understand they want to be interchangeable, but, you know, it's hard to find that multi-purpose middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, you're usually going to have one guy better to run, one guy better in coverage. And uh, so I just wish that uh, the Jacks hadn't have been dealing with the injuries he's dealt with in the second part of the season because he yeah. did start out the year good. Yep. And, um, you know, hopefully he's – if he does – if Robertson doesn't get to play and Jacks – plays you know uh last game bush and jacks you know your snap count article they both played 40 percent or less of the snaps mm-hmm. Spillane played 100 percent every single snap yeah so that's that's saying something like you said before they didn't have two quarterbacks out there a lot of times well then for Spillane to play 100 percent and them other two guys you know that's what gives me hope this game that we might see the stores are kind of getting out of breaking out of the norm a little bit trying to change things up be a little creative and maybe they'll play robertson some this week 
Hey, well, I can tell you, I can tell you my dream. I know it's not going to happen. We're not going to see it. Okay. I've resigned to that. Uh, but one of the things Brian Flores used to do a lot of was put a, a linebacker at nose at the zero tech, line them up like a nose, just right up on the line of scrimmage, standing up right across from the center. And he would drop him, he'd blitz him, he'd do all kinds of stuff with the guy. He'd run stunts where he's going outside. All that stuff just to mess with the interior offensive line. Uh-huh. I would love to see Mark Robinson in that role. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like put him there, put him up there. I, I don't know if he could do all the stuff that, that Brian Flores used to do with people, but let him get up there and attack. You got five guys on the line of scrimmage against their five. They're going to have a hard time dealing with your Miles Jack and your Robert Spillane guys if you're doing that, you know? Yeah, don't, uh, worry about, don't worry about coverage. As you say, you know, uh, run defense, uh, rush the quarterback, or spy the quarterback. Because yeah. you always have to have a spy on the Ravens quarterback because, you know, they run better than they throw. Yeah. Uh, limit him. Just say, this is what we want you to do. And I think he can do it. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see, like, like, really, I'd love to see, like, just a strategy where you go into the game and you say, like, 70%, 80% of the game – we're just manning up Terrell Edmonds on Mark Andrews, yeah. right? We're just doing that. I know Terrell Edmonds has become a big deal in the Steelers' run defense. He's great. He's their best run blitzer. I didn't know if you've seen that. I wanted to. You know, oh, you want to get that in there? Okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. got a super chat from James Wright. Uh, says, send in love from Australia. Let's go Steelers. Absolutely. We love all our Australian fans. Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a strip on the barbie. That was that was terrible, Shannon. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, he knows it um, comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. <laughs> all the heart. None of the talent, but all the heart That's right, right there, I mean, Shannon. I love him, guys. Or, they know that. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you yes. so much, James. And uh, absolutely, we're sending our love back to all the Steeler fans in Australia. Like, I just, I want to see the Steelers be super, like you say, be super aggressive. Go after this on defense. Don't don't play it smart. Don't play it cautious. Like we brought in, like one of the things I loved about Brian Flores when he came in here is his willingness to do zero cover blitzes where there's no safeties. Yeah. We're yeah. you've got five guys out there, the receivers. We got we're sending six at you every play. Like you can't block them all. And in that kind of a defense, man, there's a spot for a Mark Robinson. There's a spot for these guys. And, and I think you really can. You can really make noise. You could really do something against this Ravens team. Make make Tyler Huntley be the smart one, right? Make him play smart and force you out of it. You know, with the we just had the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and uh, seeing all those guys from the '72 oh, team. Yeah. Now that was before my time, in yours, obviously. Yeah, but I remember the late '70s, and I remember the Steelers ultra aggressive. Defense and you know Jack Lambert and 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 the front four and just Mel Blunt you know just destroying cornerbacks. He looked like Mel Blunt still looks like he could play today. Oh, I know. And so, he's a genetic freak. That I dude's know. an Adonis. I mm-hmm. mean, they need to capture whatever his genetics is and and you know uh, uh, <laughs> uh, create some uh, uh, artificial. Uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> I can't even think of what you call it. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's, that's how talented uh, an athlete as he was. He looked like, I remember when they played uh, the Houston Oilers in that really uh, AFC championship game, 
He was throwing Mel Renfro out of bounds before he could get off the line of scrimmage. He was just mm-hmm. tossing him. He looked like an overzealous uncle playing with these junior high nephews <laughs> at the Thanksgiving football game. I mean, and then they're like, well, we're going to change the rule. And he still dominated and had 11 interceptions. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is those teams, if you look at some of the health teams scored on him, a lot of times they got burned mm-hmm. over the top. Cliff Branch and, and and some of them guys, you know, give Bell Blunt's the Steelers some trouble. And, and they get, but guess what? The next play, right back at it. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. They had one mindset. We're going to bludgeon you. We're going to beat you to death. And they won four Super Bowls. Uh, when when we seen Brian Flores was coming to Pittsburgh, I was so excited because I thought we was going to see a lot of that zero stuff. And, you know, and we haven't. I understand part of it is because they don't have the personnel in the secondary. But in certain matchups, they can't do it. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know. I, I'm thinking it could be personnel. Uh, but this is the week I'd love to see an ultra-aggressive uh, – Stiller's defensive game plan yeah. and, you know, and have the ability to, Hey, if you start having some issues and all, and, and where it's new, you might have some blown coverages and, and assignments that then, you know, maybe back off, but set the tone and then maybe try it again later, but you know, in the game, but they can't do the status quo because it didn't work last time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shannon. I, all right, we got we got we got to get winding the show down here. So uh, we got to get our score predictions in. Shannon, you want to go first? I can. Uh, to Devon's had sixteen nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ravens. Uh, I do think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, to a football purist, I think it's going to be beautiful, but. For other people, it's going to be ugly. Uh, and I can see some turnovers on both sides. Uh, I, I hope that Pickett gets to play the whole game because win, lose, or draw, it's going to be a benefit for him to play in that kind of rivalry. Uh, but I just I just believe if Pickett can play that whole game, that they can build off what they accomplished last week in those special circumstances. Um and I'm going to say 16-13 Steelers. Okay, 16-13 Steelers. My prediction is I think Kenny Pickett is going to be the difference in this game. I think he is going to avoid turnovers, and I think the Steelers are going to force some. Uh, to me, watching that Ravens game, it was brutal watching how combined between them, the number of plays uh, that the Ravens did well because Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt were not their normal selves. Right, they were able to attack our edges. Cameron Hayward was having trouble. I don't see that happening this week. I think the Steelers are better. I think they saw the film. They saw what happened to them. They saw what the Ravens did to them, and it's not going to happen again. We saw that in Oakland, the way they pushed around. I don't think Cameron Hayward's going to have the same success. That was a pretty good rookie he was against, but the guy was still a rookie, and Cameron Hayward gave him a nice, you know, you've had 14 starts, but welcome to the NFL moment here in week week, you know, 16 kind of deal. Uh, I don't think you'll have quite the game. Ogan Joby had a good game. Uh, I'm looking for Isaac, Isaiah Loudermilk. He's been looking better. DeMarvin Leal's looking more comfortable. The Steelers' front is really starting to come together and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the big difference in this game. Uh, and I think 
The Steelers end up forcing a turnover. Justin Tucker does Justin Tucker things, which is infuriating. That the Ravens, if they get anywhere, anywhere on your side of the field, it's three points. So I'm going to go 17-16 Steelers. Uh, that's that's my score prediction for this game. Shannon, do you have anything coming out you want people to check out? Let them know. Uh, I'm working on a. Uh, it's it's. It's called Random Observations of the Steelers' Rebuild. Uh, because a lot of the parts of this rebuilding season we're, we've discussed a lot. But there's been a few things uh, that, you know, we're kind of overlooking. So this article is just going to touch on two or three things that uh, um, that maybe we've taken for granted or we're not thinking about that is going to impact next year. And, and it's all positive. If you really step back and look at it, uh, the, the stores are circumstances are working out that they could be setting, uh, in, you know, looking forward to a really strong off season and a strong 2023. So, uh, and the word I was trying to think of earlier, they need to clone. No, boy. <laughs> you need to clone. You know, yeah, I was absolutely. trying to say, you know, make one of them sheep. You know, I couldn't think of the word, but it's clone. <laughs> oh, Shannon, yes, we need we need Mel. You heard it here first. We need Mel Blunt sheep. That's, that's All right. Uh, oh, you're killing me, Shannon. Today. All right. Uh, for me, all all I've got coming out is the Vertex. Uh, Dave Sofield and I watch that. Cameron Hayward, man, just give some props to him. Steelers legend he's gonna he, he deserves to be in the hall of fame he he played he played on that saturday night game like a man who wanted to show he belongs in the same category as those guys on that steel curtain that he could have played in the 70s and been on that team and i absolutely believe cam hayward could have been right alongside him uh would have been great right along with him uh he's that kind of a player go Look at that. Look at that vertex. Check it out. It's do it for Cam. He deserves it. Really? <laughs> I, I can't I can't say enough about the guy. He's a fantastic person off the field, fantastic leader in the locker room, fantastic player on the field. He's everything you want in a captain and a player. Uh just one of the all-time greats. Love that he's a stealer. Hope he retires here. However long he plays. I hope, I hope we're the only team he ever plays for. Uh, so check that out. As always, thanks for listening to the show. All everyone in the live chat, thanks for coming around. The We had a super chat today. Thank you for that. Uh, love to Australia. And uh, as always, have a great week and let's go Steelers.